Lisa Marie Sheehy, welcome to Fat Man Talking Podcast. How are you today? I am very well. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you coming on. As always, I'm pretending as if we didn't have a conversation before this because, you know, it just makes <laughs> things run a little smoother. Uh, but look, thanks so much for coming on. It, it is really great to have a guest on. I think you're actually my first post-coronavirus guest. So really, it, oh. it, it's going. <laughs> and we're still not through the through the other side of it, like Dublin or lockdown again. My friend was literally... <laughs> grabbing her car she was putting her cases in fleeing down to Limerick are you serious oh my god yeah no in fairness I saw all the restrictions yesterday and I was like that's coming for us soon isn't it I was like yeah like like, for us in Cork we're going well at least but I was still like just that bit panicked and I'm like it could be a few weeks away I need to stop yeah no like it's it's gonna uh, inevitably happen but it's just kind of Oh God, at least like you think we have learned, I should probably go for a haircut now before it happens. And I said, I'll never get caught again, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll all get caught again because we won't see it coming. I know hundred percent. I think we all got caught though. It was actually, I feel like it was the strangest time in terms of just Very like the, everything going upside down. And I remember I had actually just started a new job. So I was like three weeks into a new job. None of these people I know. And then next thing I was just working from home. I know everyone through a screen. And I'm like, I don't actually know these people properly. It's the weirdest experience ever. Like, yeah, no, it's very, it's very, very strange. Like, and we're the same, like, and I know people had started and stuff like that and you're training them through a screen. And then like, I'm working one week on one week off. So when in the office, one at home, so I'm actually, I'm getting used to the whole working from home thing. It's kind of, you kind of more time evening, like so. I'd have a uh, hour commute in the morning and hour commute in the evening, so I'm saving so much time. So that's good. Happy like there is, I think some people actually benefited somewhat in terms of, you know, family time, things like that. And then there's other people that were absolutely decimated by the lockdown, by the restrictions, and didn't have the capacity to deal with it because I could see that happening. Um, and even I think like it's gonna as we go on, like we'll actually see more unhealthiness through the restrictions and based on not being able to see people and do things and live life as normal and even the fact that you can't like there's some doctors that won't even see you now there's actually going to be a load of things so anyway I'm going off on a rant now but I do think (laughs) like it's you know there's so much to come with that you know I know I I feel like everyone listed though is probably like saying oh more coronavirus this is great (laughs) yeah we'll quickly move on to the guest of honor much much easier But look, yeah. in terms of yourself, um, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on was, first of all, on your, on your Instagram, on your podcast, you know, you're a real source of knowledge and I suppose truth around the area of weight loss and your own personal journey. So maybe just to kick off, could you tell me a little bit about how you got started with the whole, I suppose, you know, weight loss, gym, training, mindset, just that area, like what kicked you off into that? What was the, I suppose, the breaking point where you said, okay, I need this change in my life? Um, so I've had many breaking points over the years. <laughs> I've had many realizations that I was overweight. Um, I had many realizations that I didn't have control when it came to food. Um, and that Chinese is my biggest weakness. <laughs> um, for us all. But I suppose what differed this time is so probably the time before this that I had said you know what I'm going to try right I'm going to try to do something now I'm going to go to go diet again or whatever and when I said when I inevitably fell off that and you know realized oh you know I failed again I ate something I shouldn't have and you know this kind of this vicious cycle that we go around in, in the diet culture um after that I started to say you know what I don't care I don't fucking care anymore. I started to really get negative with it. And I started to go in an even like darker place. So like I was really eating nearly as a form of self-harm in a way. Like it was getting really negative. And before we all have a number that we, you know, we kind of guide ourselves into kind of what's our maintenance or, you know, what what number kind of kicks us back into gear and go, right, let's pull it back. I was about three or four stone over that number and I didn't give a fuck. Well, I told myself I didn't care, right? But it was, it was nearly a giving up kind of a phase. And that last, that last time that I had failed as such, that I thought I failed, um, I put on another stone or two, um, just for good measure, you know? (laughs) 
Trust me, I've done it myself many a time. (laughs) Yes. So then, so what ultimately ended up happening is through that page, obviously I was in a dark space mentally and it wasn't just on my body. It was on just in life, my work, my relationships, everything. I was in a really, in a hole. And I felt myself, like I was always a very ambitious person, very, um, you know, always striving for better. And this didn't feel like me and I felt very out of my comfort zone. And it was a very strange time. So I felt like I was settling for a lot of things that I didn't want and doing things that weren't a reflective of, of me. And basically, I just kind of, it just kind of came on me. Um, and I realized that if I keep going, if I pass, like if I put another stone, like if I, you know, I had looked at the number and I was like, Jesus, you know, it's getting it's getting bigger now right and I was like if I don't stop now I'm never gonna stop I'm never gonna stop and this is gonna absolutely snowball so I kind of frightened the shit out of myself um which I kind of needed to because it was not only aesthetics it wasn't just about my look and my confidence it was starting to get about I was in pain my legs were sore my you know if it was really weird I think it's just because I had so much skin but if you poked me I would talk like to someone looking out, they'd be like, my God, why are you overreacting? Why are you roaring? It would hurt me for like a half an hour because I don't know, there was just so much fat in there or something going on. Something like, going like on. That. Yeah. Literally, things like that. So I, I could see it happening. I could see it going on. Um, so basically, yeah. So I contacted my gym, uh, my local gym, Froons Fitness. And I was like, guys, need to get back, need to get back. And I remember just walking out from the apartment and just going... Like, I can't, like, let's just start now. Let's just, and I kind of became calm about it. It wasn't, right, okay, let's um, let's get get all of this, cut out all the shit or whatever. I had, re- I had, I suppose, what kind of came over me was an element of patience because I now realised this was no longer one of those diets that I could go lose a stone, go back to what I was eating again for a few months, lose a stone again, go back. Like, do you know yeah. this this cycle this was like I had about five stone to lose so I re- I had to realise that this is going to take time and this took years and years of eating as well oh, like, yeah. you know it I didn't mean, it, it probably builds up so much without you even noticing and sure like it, it happens to a lot of people I think especially myself I know like you can go through a period where you kind of think oh no things are fine and you don't step on that scale you don't really consider the implications and meal after mm-hmm. meal it's just building and building and the next thing you have this monster and you're saying how has this happened? Yeah. Like I literally, I remember like I'd still step on the scales every, every week, like then. And when I was like eating mindlessly and I, I was putting on uh, about one or two pounds a week, like without yeah. fail. And it was just, and it, it was just strange. I was just watching it all happen. And, but yes, like I didn't want, and the thing was, and I kind of, I suppose reflecting now, what I didn't, what stopped me then from just getting my shit together all the other, you know, along was because of this misery that I thought that it would be yeah. to go on this, to do this, that I'd have to restrict everything, that I wouldn't be able to go drinking, that I wouldn't be able to go out for a meal, that I wouldn't be able to enjoy things. Um, but that was not the case. That was a story I was telling myself that I suppose the diet industry nearly is t- telling ourselves that we have these jokes, oh, I'll start a Monday morning, oh, oh, you know, I'm hungry, blah, 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 all this shite that we just need to filter out, like, I'm sorry, I'm swearing a lot, um, <laughs> but it, this, gets me very, this gets me going now, um, but we listen to so much stuff out there, and we think this has to be the way that we restrict ourselves, and it's misery, and it's just, it's just hard work that goes in, but and like, I've, I've kind of prefaced this on my own podcast saying, you know, like it's people are like, oh, Lisa, you must have worked really hard. Like, but when they say that, I know what they mean. They're like, oh, you must have, you know, like, you know, done loads of workouts, done, restricted yourself. You almost been really tough, but it actually wasn't. It wasn't this time because I made my peace with this is going to take time. I was never, I never, like, obviously when, you know, when I was in real fat loss mode, I was I wasn't restricting myself, but I was still making better decisions. Yeah. So I was going for the low calorie. I was still having. I personally, I think everyone's different. What they like, 
some people would save some calories for the weekend and have a bit more then maybe a meal out or something I would have something nice like you know really nice every day like a chocolate bar and like that's like my little thing that would keep me sane and keep me sustainable but because in the diet industry it's like oh no but you shouldn't be having this you need to have this many macros and this like none of that like I was literally I was just eating my calories and it started to drop um and it just kind of so it all started snowballing from there and then so I and I knew, I knew actually when leaving, right, this was like a Sunday morning that I left. And I remember I was, I was actually in Cork and I was like, you know what? I was like, oh, I could get Lennox's. I could get KC's <laughs> on my way home. And like, that would normally be my trade. Like, I was always so obsessed with where my next meal was coming from. If I was in Castle Troy, I'd be like, real. Like, literally, it was, it, it was an automatic take connection that I made a place in food yeah um and I remember thinking no I'm not getting anything I'm just going home and I didn't do a big massive clean out I just ended up like I just got wheat when I came home or something like that you know it wasn't the normal like when I just make it all these waffles and chicken and stuff I didn't even barely enjoy like it was just stupid stupid calories that I didn't enjoy like it wasn't worth it at all yeah um and then I started to listen to Brian Keane's podcast um, and it started to kind of open up from there. And I started to realize, hold on a minute. It isn't what I'm doing. It's my, it's my approach to this thing that's been wrong the whole time. It has been my mindset and, and my approach and things. When I started to actually realize that and, you know, just... I suppose that I came across that it really started to open up from there. Fantastic. And I suppose like you've referenced there a lot about, I suppose, a more balanced approach and really something that's a bit more, it's not like a regime. It's just, you know, it's a life change. It's small changes and you're still enjoying, you know, small things like a bar of chocolate. But I mean, what are the stuff you put in place this time that's making it work so well for you? You know, I know there's no secret to it. And I think we all know that at this stage, but in terms of, what are the things you hold on to week to week that get you through it without it being too much of a struggle? Habits. Habits. I have, like, I lost my habits, like, a few, probably in the last few months, I was at a, a bit of a, a limbo, right? Okay. I was still, I was maintaining and everything. Um, and I was doing, but it's the habits that kept me. So while I wasn't, my mind wasn't in real fat loss mode or whatever, but I was able to, my habits sustained me and kept me taking over. So my, um, literally from the morning, in the morning I get up, I listen to either a podcast or an audio book. If I'm heading off to work, say driving when I'm, the week I'm in. So I'm just keeping that kind of, I suppose, that mindset going, that thinking, that element of things. Um, I pre, I make my lunch. I'm, you know, I've everything prepped, um, ready for dinner. Um, like I have my chicken, my meat, whatever, ready, and just that it's really fast and easy. So there's no excuse for when those evenings that I am a bit tired or whatever. So I've cut out that loop of things because I would literally be going up to Subway getting a foot long, three cookies, uh, and not even a low calorie drink. I couldn't even do that. I was getting that every day for lunch, like and coming home and eating a load of just shite, like um, in the house then. Um, previously, like so that cut out that straight away. Um, and then I'd come home and I get my workout done. So I do. So since the since COVID kind of came in, I started to do my home workouts myself. And um, I yeah, I, like I hate home workout. Well, I used to hate home workouts. And again, it was a story. And I was like, do you know what? Now I'm going to use this as a challenge because I've no other option right now. You know. And I was like, I'm just going to drive on. And I actually because I built it in and I think a lot of with these habits it's about creating a a reward system and like if you ever read the book Atomic Habits it's amazing but like there there's like there's something and it's very easy really definitely recommend it because at the start this was definitely literally it was just right focus on little habits and then those habits are compounding over time and like here I am now you know but um so like yeah so I get my workout in four days a week and like I obviously with my food and stuff I'm tracking my calories and stuff and um, even now like, the last couple of weeks now again I've 
I realized that even my steps, for example, were very like literally I'd only get about a thousand steps in a day if I was working from home. Um, because you're you know, you're not even getting in, getting out to the car, walking to you know, all these kind of things. So yeah, I made a conscious stuck. effort. Yeah, exactly. And um I made a conscious effort to get my walk in and we have a beautiful forestry rock just beside my house. And I was like, right, no, I'm gonna go. That's I'm gonna do that now. After work, four o'clock bang, on the dot, up you go and just get it and it's so and then I'm like, right, I can listen to my audiobook, I can listen to music, I can meditate up in the rock and like that's my little reward system then when I come home I have I'm looking forward to my dinner then I'm like enticing myself with study so I'm like right I'll have a decaf coffee because it's in the evening and then I made a, a terrible mistake I was like wound up in bed at night I was like oh god it's not and, and you know, yeah and like it just being conscious then of getting to bed at a reasonable hour even I have my phone charging in the corner so that I'm not you know that the light isn't on my face that I'm not like staying up like swiping on um <laughs> swiping on, I should have used scrolling <laughs> swiping on Tinder well, you know, whatever your habits are you know no judgments here <laughs> oh gee let that one slip now um but yeah so like because I I I do realize you know a lot of time goes on like social media and things like that like if you if you let it so I just started to make even kind of time stamps so I have a little whiteboard and I kind okay. of push my hours and then just kind of like ticking them off as it, and I just build it into my routine. But at the same time, I'm flexible. Things happen. You know, th- everything doesn't always go according to plan. Things will come in, someone will come in for a visit and throw you off an hour or whatever. And you just, you just go with it and you see, you make, you know, your priorities and what definitely has to happen. And then you can just make up for that or whatever. Um, so I definitely think habits have really sustained me, but also just the general awareness of my actions. And I think that's where a lot of us fall down, that we're not aware of the stories we tell ourselves, you know. And I suppose that's where Paul, so Paul Darby, um, you know, Paul friend of the show. podcast. Um, so he's he was my online coach then since like October last year. So we're nearly we're nearly a year together. So nice. um, on this journey uh, he's like my brother it's hilarious because like I'm an only child and I'm like Paul <laughs> I'm on too um, but yeah so like I suppose from having that voice kind of every day in your head going through your irrational thoughts and having that kind of a, a presence in your life um, it's amazing and what you can really like just start when you start opening your mind up at all 100 percent. I, I think working with paul one of the biggest things with him i found was that he was, he was too much of a rational thinker for me to the point of <laughs> any time i was working myself into a half and i was thinking oh no this isn't gonna work this isn't gonna work yeah. i get this very pragmatic voice message very calm very just like together and he was just like look just calm it down take it step by step and suddenly i'd feel a bit better and i'd say that's one of the biggest things i think with paul is that he's he's really able to take you out of a place of thinking like overthinking things and just getting you to really think about the important things. Yeah, no, definitely. And like, definitely, I suppose in terms of the emotion side of it, he's like, let's try to, let's take the emotion out of it, Lisa. <laughs> I'm like, Oh God. Um, no, definitely. Like we've had our like times where I'm just like, Oh my God, I can't, I'll talk to you later. And <laughs> I'll record what we write, you know, I'll record what he says and I know he's right. Um, but I just, I'm not in a place to take it yet. So especially at the start, I was like, all right. So slow steps. Uh, like even just me, like not having that chocolate, just one little chocolate bar now, like that's not gonna, whatever. Like these things compound over, right. Okay. They compound over time. Right. And then I'd be like, okay, look, we'll see. And then I see it for myself. But I'm like, oh my God, look at this. And he's like, I told you. Well, no, he never says I told you. But um, it's funny, like, because I'd write them down because I'm like, right, I'm not in a place to accept that information yet. I'm obviously still have a hung, hang up there somewhere. And I'd write it down and I'd look back and I'd be like, yes. And he'd be like, you know, I'd be like saying this. And I've just realized, you know, that this. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> yes, you have, you know, and stuff like that. But it's it's brilliant. Like, and he's kind of very um principles approached, which I love because he like he does not care what number is on the scales you know um he's like your weight is your own business if you want to tell me and if you want to use that as a data point that's fine that's a data point but that is not your 
emotional you know like we we give so much emotional um suffrage to the scales and I'm just you know it's so frustrating it's so you could be there saying oh I've done really well this week and you go on the scales and if you don't have that knowledge that the scales is not live the scales doesn't necessarily represent um you know first as well the scales does not know that on monday morning i want i want that down i want that down. you know your body digests things everything there could be still food left in your belly it's your weight it's not your fat you know it's not the yeah. fat in your body so it's very it's you know and things when you start to kind of realize things like that and even just being from being a woman as well like things are so different at different stages in the month like in terms of retaining water um bloating things like that and we we can get like it can go up really hot like you know and you're like i've done everything why you know why and you could really get emotional about that plus if you're on your period you're gonna be emotional already despite your emotion to the scale so there's this kind of you know it just and what i started i started writing all this down and I started to see a trend. I was like, oh yeah, the week before every month, I seem to get very irrational and ratty and emotional. And I always have this conversation every month. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, sorry. The blinds just burst up behind me. Talk about um, off. But I'd have this, oh, Jesus, sorry now, my heart. Um, and the... I lost my train of thought, thought there, but I would see this kind of happening. I kind of have this conversation with Paul. I don't think it's actually moving. I don't think, you know, whatever. I don't, you know, maybe we need to look at things. He's saying, just hold on. Let's not get emotional and let's not overreact or whatever. And again, by the next month, it, next week, it'd be down, it'd be where it was again, my actual. So if we give too much emphasis to the scales, which is just one metric of taking data, um, you know, we're, we're not even thinking about measurements. Like I, I personally try to go by pictures because okay. I think you can see the biggest thing with pictures. And uh, that's what I have so many before and after photos or before enduring photos, because I just, I, I began to become obsessed with them because I was like, oh my God, I can actually see the difference now. I can see the difference. And, you know, I think it took about nine weeks before I could see my first difference. Yeah. Um, in pictures and when I saw it I was like oh and it kept me going again to go to the next one and the next one just taking that emphasis away from a number yeah of course. I think is really is really positive and so I suppose using the scale and using pictures is there any other data points you'd use or anything particularly that kind of lets you know look you're still moving in the right direction like one thing I found recently is even stuff like say walking up a hill now if I walk up the same hill once a week and suddenly that walk gets a bit easier and you're saying hey did you know that wasn't as much of a struggle or you know just these small little wins what what kind of stuff for you stood out as your life is changing your fitness is changing so my fitness definitely I remember one of the first nights I went back to the gym the Russian twist right so anyway you have a medicine ball and your legs are kind you're you're on the ground and you're kind of going from side to go from one side to the other with the ball and like I love I love the gym and I always enjoyed the gym but it was the eating and the mindset side where I would fall down so I do my gym that was fine but for the first time I realized I was like my belly was in the way like my like I could barely move the ball from one side to the other. My legs were actually flat. Like usually you kind of keep, you keep your legs up a bit in the air when you're down. And I, my legs were flat even, right? So that made it easier. And I still could barely move the ball from one side to the other. And it really pissed me off. Um, it really bothered me. And um, then I remember like a few weeks later, like, you know, I was like, I'm going to keep away from that now because that's just a negative space at the moment for me. And then I came back to it um and I could kind of feel the difference in my fitness but also I could kind of see the difference in that there was less of my belly in here and stuff like that and then I remember coming on a few months later and then I was like doing like pull-ups off a off a bar like a monkey and I was like oh look at me like you know so definitely there is like fitness the fitness side of things but I think for me the most the biggest thing was like I was stuck in this victim mentality of woe is me, life is so shit, you know, um, it's just, you know, 
sure you can you do whatever and things happen anyway so what's the point and I was really kind of caught in this so for me that was one of the most freeing parts about all of this is that I started to see through these stories now yes shit happened to me and but stuff happens other people as well and it's how you deal with you can only control your own reaction to these to these life events um and when I started to kind of take it back, kind of, you know, and going, right, the obstacle is the way. And I, I read that book by Ryan Holiday and I felt like it, it's so true. Like when I look back at all the things that happened to me, I look, look, I've become a more stronger. I've learned something from each of those experiences um, and I wouldn't change a thing. Um, so it kind of, it just brings you on as well. But like you have to realize that there will always be of course there's always going to be setbacks but it's how you rise to that challenge so I am prepared for whatever setbacks now I because I know I'm not going to be shocked and going oh you know like that you know and take me completely off guard like I'm ready like for (laughs) um and it's just I think that was the most freeing thing and the stories I tell myself like oh but I can't lose weight like or you know like I've tried everything and it just won't work but I hadn't tried everything like I hadn't I had tried the usual diet cycle or ridiculously restricting your calories and hoping for the best that you could stick stick to it long enough that you'd see um a a change on the scales and then go back to being what you doing what you usually did um so for me that was the biggest non like off the scales victory and a, a good a good indicator. Like I was starting to see like things are reacting to different things differently. And I was like, oh, I was like, this is this is new. I like this. And um, so you'd be like, you know, my friends you'd be like, wow, Lisa, you're like a completely different person. I'm not like, and a lot of the stuff, you know, I suppose it's hard to show like via Instagram and things like that, you know, the mindset change. Yeah. And um, but like that has been my biggest, my biggest change, a hundred percent. Like my just my total perspective on life, my outlook, and I I can safely say I've like I've never been as happy. I've literally never been as happy in my life, and I'm just so glad that I was able to go on this journey. And I kind of think you know what, in a way, I was supposed to put on all the weight so that I could learn to lose it and I could realize all these other things because I kind of I was kind of like Jesus like if I hadn't if I had just been you know the if I had if I hadn't gone up to you know the amount of weight that I had put on I would have just still kind of the diet culture as such would have kept me going because I was still you know going around around about you you lose it you put on more you lose it you go around again and but it's so tiring it's so um it's just draining and literally just taking a bit of time for me and focusing on me and being selfish, which I think is such a positive thing because if you can't look after yourself, you can look after nobody else. And I just really, I, I really think that. No, hundred percent agree. I mean, clearly you've kind of just gone through such a mindset change and I suppose in general, it's great. It's funny. It's actually something I see like, I talk to yourself or say Steve Griffin or a few of Paul's clients. And it seems to be something that somehow all of you seem to go through where it's like this sudden like click and you're like, Oh, I'm actually thinking completely differently. And it's, it's really a, I suppose a well-balanced approach is what I like about it. I think it's really positive. There's no extremes. Um, like I have done nothing extreme, like nothing yeah. extreme. And even all these might, you know, like this is all happening over, this has been happening over the course of a year all these you know these sparks or these clicks like happen at different times um throughout like you know Paul could say something to me a hundred times I could hear Brian saying the same thing on the podcast Paul could be saying it on a podcast Paul could be saying it to me but then there's one day I like to be walking down the street and I'm like bang I'm like oh I get it now and he he loves I'm like oh I get it I understand now he's like it's great but like um no definitely like it's the the mindset side of things is everything and I think we focus too much on the 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 numbers the food and the food is the food is the food is massive and especially your relationship with food my my relationship with food has 
changed tremendously. I'm not like always looking toward like food is just is there. I enjoy it. Um, but it's not like my constant thought, um, which it used to be. It used to be. And I really thought like I thought I was like a food addict or something. Like I was like, I just have no control when it comes to food. But again, that was a story I was telling myself. So the more I tell myself, well, I don't have control. I wasn't giving myself control. I was taking away the power from it. The more you feed into that story and add to it. And, and I was like, I don't like textures. Then I wouldn't eat vegetables. And I started eating my veg. I swear to God, like this is, so like when I was on Paul's podcast, it's like our thing, like I, I'm very bad to eat. I, I literally, I don't eat vegetables, right? But I haven't, right? But the last few weeks, I've been really incorporating them. Like, I literally, I've had, I have my peppers, my mushrooms and everything like that. So I'm kind of, I'm slowly getting there. And again, I was like, right, let's just take this approach the same as I've taken every other approach, right? Slow and steady. So I'm like, I'm slowly incorporating more and more in. Um, I eat, I finish everything. I'm not like forcing myself. I'm not like, oh God, I eat this first and just get over it. I'm literally just incorporating it with, with my food and I'm enjoying it. And that was one of the, that's one of the, I suppose, the stronger stories that I couldn't, that was more of a habit, a very habit that was really ingrained in me that even, you know, if I'm ordering food, I'm like, no side, no side salad, plain burger, this, you know, like nothing. Like it's, I'm ridiculous. I'm like, plain as eater. And you I can't, I can never have a normal order out. I'm like, without this and this and this. Um, so, but I'm slowly getting there. And like, I'm very aware that I still have, I think the more you actually learn along the way about yourself, the more you realize that you have to learn. Um, because there's so many other things and there's definitely other personal stories that I'm still trying to break through. And I know they're there. I'm just trying to change my reaction and change my approach to dealing with that kind of a situation. Um, but like everyone has them. Everyone has them. And we have so many stories. But it's about, I think the first thing is being aware. Because if we can be aware, then we, we can start making some sort of changes or making some sort of habit changes in that definitely i think the awareness around the food is massively important and i suppose one of the things i've always considered like one of the biggest pitfalls in the food is that you can get very inclined to you know thinking that the food makes you or that you know certain types of food are good and bad and it's just a case of just breaking down if i like this i can eat it i just need to take into account how many calories what it actually is doing in terms of my overall day but in terms of, say, your week to week, how are you approaching the nutrition? Like, do you have set meals you kind of cook a few times a week? Do you batch prep food? What are the things, like, what are the anchors for you that keep you on top of the food weekly? Because I know from my own perspective, when you don't prepare or you don't have the dinners planned or even the shopping done, suddenly the last minute choices are where I really fall down. Yeah. So what, what I kind of do is obviously like I have my kind of calorie range and everyone is different. So I'm not going to give that or I'm not going to say, you know, what exactly I eat because everyone is very different and yeah. everyone has different preferences and things like that. Um, but so I kind of look before I do my, I suppose my weekly shop or my bi-weekly shop. Um, I kind of, I kind of put it into my fitness plan and kind of plan, right. This is what I'm going to eat this week. Um, and look, again, things do change sometimes, you know, if the mother will have potatoes and I can't, majority of the time, I just like fry potatoes in the one cal spray and stuff yeah. like that. Um, add my bit of veg in and stuff like that. And have, I have my mince pre-made um, and literally just defrost that. Some people like that would be a nightmare for them because they'd be like, oh my God, if there's no taste, that's just the mince. Like she's at two weeks of it defrosted or in the freezer. You know, some people like fresh meals and some people really enjoy cooking, whereas I just do it to sustain myself <laughs> um, rather than getting enjoyment out of it. But like things like that now, um, and like even in the morning, I find it very hard to eat. So when I'm driving into work, like, like that I just kind of, um, I eat when I arrive in work because that's an hour I'm up and doing stuff and I can finally eat then so I have my egg I pre-buy my eggs and stuff like that Um, I have my wheat specs inside and work so I bring my thing of milk every or every week when I'm in do you know so I'm kind of ready and I can have my coffee or my wheat specs um, I 
then so obviously I back yeah I kind of back to be honest I could have the same dinner for a month or two um uh, Monday to Friday at least and then I might switch it up the weekends and have a bit more time to kind of and like that again that would be like someone's horror story yeah, that, that's literally um, scares me I, I won't like, yeah I'm like I'm, I literally so- love cooking it's like one of my favorite things yeah. to do and it's like particularly like myself and my fiance would be talking and I'd be like no I'm cooking the dinner because it's literally it's just when I'm done work it's what I love to do it's like I'll sit, spend an hour I'll listen to a podcast it's literally perfection for me like I couldn't imagine eating the same thing yeah. every day. I get bad yeah. just eating most of the same meals every week. <laughs> no, I'm actually, and like so the thing is I'll have my, so I'll do that. And um, I kind of then I, yeah. Oh yeah. My lunch as well. I make my soup. So I'm always make my homemade soup and that would do me for about two weeks as well. So I put yeah. it into little freezers and stuff like freezer things. And, but, and then I always kind of, I always leave a, um, maybe a hundred or 200 calories for something that I enjoy, like something that I really like, not that I don't enjoy all that food, but just something for me to keep this all sustainable. So what I usually, I get bang for my book out of a snack bar because purple snack just or like, yellow snack? Purple. Because oh, yeah. you eat all Stop. around the edge and like, I'm there for ages. I'm trying to eat the bar, but I get loads out of it. I'm like, um so I just kind of just things like that um but definitely like I suppose when I was in this kind of mindless and just I I suppose an ignorant view of dieting previously I was like right I'm gonna clean quote-unquote clean eat and I didn't even know what clean eat like I didn't clue like I'm like oh the bodybuilders eat um you know this that like what is it broccoli what's the Broccoli, chicken, and chicken. broccoli and rice. Yeah, like oh my god, like that was you know now that would drive me bonkers because there's but no t- like I have my potatoes. What's the difference between that and say what you're doing every day then? Potatoes, is it just because you like it? My dinner is my potatoes. I enjoy my potatoes, so I'll have like two two hundred grams of potatoes, and like the again the industry like puts the fear of God in people like about potatoes and carbs and bread and all. Like I have my potatoes every day. And I got to it because it, I was in a calorie deficit, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, don't, like, there are no good and bad food. Like, I would be there, like, when I was in my, I thinking I was being, quote, unquote, good. And I'd be snacking on almonds, which I wasn't enjoying. But I was like, oh, but this is a healthy snack. They're loaded with calories. I was shocked when I realized. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, I was like, I could have had three or four snack bars, the amount of almonds I was eating. Like, and I would have actually... And one would have done me and I would have enjoyed it. But I was still craving and it wasn't killing a hunger. Um, I remember one day then, like, I love, um, there's, so, like, I like yogurt. And I was trying to incorporate yogurt, but I don't like the um, the Greek yogurt. I find it's a bit sour for me. Oh, yeah, I'm a very plain eater, as you realize, but it was a bit sour. So I started using the Alpro Soya vanilla one. And it's literally like the... Do you know those, those when you were small, those um, yogurts with the little coloured balls in them? And do you know you, the Miller, Miller one? Yeah. And it's literally, it tastes like that and it's so yum. But I was like, right, I'll put, I'll put fruit in, I'll put all these different seeds in, I'll put all this stuff in. It ended up being 500 calories. I was like, I'm not wasting 500 calories in a fucking yogurt. Like, do you know, that's not even going to fill me. But it's funny because when you do and when you use my fitness palette in the right way like literally just looking at calories not taking into consideration anything else the recommendations it gives or i turn all those off yeah like and because some people use that and they let it tell them their calories and everything and i hate like that red you know it's like oh as if you're over your cat i'm like fuck off like you're driving me mad i think i think um, the most dangerous one on my fitness pal is when i remember i i never realized the setting was turned on but it used to give me calories back based on exercise i'd done so it'd pick off oh, the movement on my phone yeah and i remember one day i was after eating a heap of food and i was like i still have 600 calories left this is great so i scoffed oh, it anyway and then it was the next day i was like looking through and i was like wait why did i eat 600 calories more than i usually would and i was like yeah. those fuckers i felt so cheated i was like yeah, oh, cheated. Where, where is it in the settings i'm turning this off you're not taking control no because we don't and we don't realize and we are just kind of starting we're trying our best and we're like oh i hear people use my fitness pal so i'll try that and then again like you know you don't realize and you don't realize when you have calorie when you're being given a calorie range or whatever it is 
that that all that has been taken into account for your movement your exercise that has all been taken into account for but like even these machines like you're like you're down at the gym and you're like these oh they're like oh saying that you burned 300 i did not burn 300 calories what you know like someone else a completely different weight height age intensity was on that as well and it's saying that they're burning the same amount which can't be correct you know so and even like i use my fitbit and i only use it for the steps well, might not. It's not a Fitbit. It's like a cheap version, but does the job grand? All the one. I just want it for steps, and steps in the time actually. Um, but like I don't take into into account all these burn calories burned or whatever. You know, like it just it gets. We've enough data. Like we're we're fo- I think we focus on the wrong things. Like I kind of incorporate that I get my ten thousand steps in at least a day. I try my hardest, and if I do, if I don't, right, the next say i'll make sure i outdo the day before like you know like this there's no point being too tough if we can be very tough on ourselves as well yeah. like we do we're, we're humans we're we're it's not all going to go to plan all the time and there's no point like beating ourselves up if that doesn't happen but it's 80 20 rule if you're doing the right thing and towards your goal in the 80 percent of the time like you're you're golden and like you know, we are going to, I'm going to have, you know, like I enjoy my drink. I love my gin. Um, but again, I changed that in terms of like, I was like, right, I'd have my diet um, mixer. I'm, and especially at the start, I was like, right, I'm not having a takeaway the night out. So if I'm going out drinking, I'm not having to take it. Cause I, you know what? I don't even remember it anyway. I just have curry all over me. And I'm like, what even <laughs> happened? So I'm like, you know, and I try to get moving the next day and stuff like that. So it doesn't, because it's actually, it's not necessarily, yes, there is calories in drink and things like that, but it's actually not like that hangover day is that you're not moving. Your, you, your willpower is down to fuck because you're, you're absolutely hungover. And um, you don't want, you just, you're just craving like, I suppose, just um, Chinese chips, everything like that. Then you're not moving. Um, if you had the, takeaway from the night before as well that's two takeaways and whatever so I was like right no but I can still do I can still have my night out and enjoy you know all that comes with that um but we restrict ourselves so much like we just think that it's not possible but it is I'm living proof I could drink I had my spots because it was all like 80 20 year old 80 percent of the time i'm doing boring mundane things that you wouldn't even look at like my stuff is so in unspectacular what i do but because it compounds and it builds up day after day and then eventually you see it that's what happened like that is literally that is how it works that is how it works i think that's right i think when you have those small little habits that are just compounding over time it just makes a massive difference. And you realize that's actually the monumental effort. It's just putting in the time every day. It's not, you know, suddenly restricting yourself, throwing every bit of bad food out of the house, feeling like you're in prison for, and you're just saying, oh, it's six weeks. I have to lose a stone. It's literally just saying, all right, look, this is how I live my life six days a week. On a Sunday, yeah. I might go out for a bit of dinner and enjoy myself, but I'll also go for a long walk. You know, it's about the yeah. balance of just, like, I suppose, 100%. really taking the enjoyment out of life instead of t- just, literally focusing on the misery which i think around diet and weight loss a lot of people do they just they only see the bad side they don't see the upside and the benefit that's going to come no no we focus on kind of the wrong the wrong things like we kind of need to just switch switch it up and let's look at the positives and let's try to move it away from the scales let's look at like what i wrote at the start i was like um my little aims like besides from a number you know whatever i had um, towel fitting around me because the towel was starting I could barely cover myself after the shower with the towel and I was like right I'm gonna this is gonna be my first and when that towel started I was like oh this is brilliant like I was like I feel like I'm getting there I'm slowly but surely getting there and um, and even just being able to look like I oh god I hated looking at myself in the mirror now I can't stop looking at myself in the mirror like it's gas like <laughs> like you vain fuck but like it's just things change so much like if you just let it and you you allow it happen and this is the biggest thing like you need like if you're where I was like you need to approach it as a journey a journey and you know 
you're getting ready for your journey let's okay everything mightn't go to plan but we're kind of we're we're prepared so that if things don't go to plan we can at least keep it together somewhat um and like those obstacles along the way we kind of learn that you know right yes of course there are going to be inevitable bumps this is not all linear and that is the mistake we think that it's going straight up and we're gonna you know we're just gonna or well that the scales is going straight down or you know that things are changing so fast but it doesn't it doesn't happen like that and people say to me even like like jesus you lost that very fast i'm like it was a year like that was 12 months like of boring compounding decisions that just that built up but like a year is a long time it is like it, it is a long time now i'm like um if if yes if i cut out this and i didn't have my drinks and i didn't have you know my chinese every now and then to look forward to yeah i probably could have hit it faster but no i wouldn't have because i wouldn't have stayed on it and i'd have quit again so because i made this totally sustainable and everyone has their different level of what's sustainable for you like everyone has their different if i oh if i couldn't have my whatever you know i wouldn't do well then you make sure you build that into what you're doing every you know um every day or if like there are certain like there are no good and bad foods there you know there are high calorie foods low calorie foods more nutritious foods less nutritious foods but like things like you know a, a chinese or like put Literally for pudding, clonacility pudding. Oh my god! Um, I would just my language now. <laughs> beast, beast. Um, but like, I was like, okay, like this isn't something like it's just it wasn't something that I could just kind of build into my daily or my weekly because I was like, okay, I'm still kind of going against. But what I'm going to maybe once a month, and I'm going to look forward to that because what was starting to happen was I wasn't even planning my feasts or my enjoy i was literally just like on a monday i'd be like yeah fuck this i'm after a shit day i'm just gonna get a takeaway on the way home and i didn't even enjoy it get that was it and it was done and you feel groggy and you know it's just whatever but i'm like right now i'm like oh yeah i'll have a chinese now when oh yeah we're going out for that all right i'm gonna look forward to that now that's be lovely and i really enjoy it and i really and i mindfully eat and i and i and i love it and you know because i think when we're eating so much mindlessly we don't actually even enjoy the foods we, we actually we think we do we might enjoy the first few bites but the rest then is just like i always say and i might guess get you know a massive hip pack from this but it's nice you're taking a chip from someone else's plate god forbid you should do it but it's always nice you're taking someone a couple of chips from someone else's plate than having a full plate to yourself they're they're more because you actually enjoy you're slowing down you're enjoying them it's a little treat but it's not you know um i'm not saying don't i'm, I'm not promoting stealing chips for me i think that's exactly plates. what's going on here i, I don't condone <laughs> this behavior one bit as someone who doesn't share food no chance. <laughs> um, but you get where I'm coming at. You just kind of enjoy their love. You know, you really, you're like, oh, that's really nice. Like, you actually enjoy it more than full plate, I think. No, no, I 100% agree. I, I think it's actually that just that small little bit is great. And I remember mm. it was one of the things when I was working with Paul last year that really struck me was I used to always go through, like, say, a packet of Kinder Buenos and I could have two or three Kinder Buenos in a day easily. Mm-hmm. And, like, Paul would just say to me, but what did you get from the second two bars that you didn't get from the yeah. first? And suddenly yeah. it would kind of hit me. You know, I ate them a bit faster. I actually felt a bit groggy and shit after. It, yeah. it, I got no benefit. There was no upside to eating the second two. But having the one and it was built into my day, suddenly I could make that work. And I'd know, look, I have that at the end of the day if I want it. It's not a guarantee, but it's there if I want it. And, you know, I suppose those things definitely help. But having said that now, Stealing chips is a bit of a different story. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, a, that to me is like the height of sinfulness. Now, I, I will say I, I do it myself to other people. But like if someone did that to me, I'd, I, I think I'd lose the plot. I'd probably, oh, I'd walk out. <laughs> um, no, definitely. And like even, you know, like food will always be there. Paul always says food will always be there. So when we prepare ourselves, right, to restrict ourselves, um, you know, at the start of a, again, quote unquote diet, we're like, you know, saying, we're like, and we have this last supper as if to say goodbye to everything, right? As if we're not going to see it again. Sure, someone down the road is that someone's coming home with a takeaway. You saying you're not going to smell that? You're not going to see that? You're not, you know, like it's there. 
you don't like you don't say the second and I was like the biggest thing Paul gave me as well in terms of the food side things it was like he never took anything off the table because the second you take something off the table you want it on the table more than ever like if he was like well you shouldn't drink I'd be like oh crave alcohol or whatever you know like but it was like no it's your decision and as long as you're like as long as you're making the decision mindfully that's okay so like we'd always have like loads of sweets in the office now not as much anymore obviously with the whole COVID yeah, thing no, no sharing <laughs> no sharing anymore it's my world now uh, yeah <laughs> um but like you know people would have different you know they bring in different boxes of cho- and especially around when people are coming back from holidays there'd always be chocolates and stuff like that and I'm not massively into chocolate yes I enjoy my snack bar but I'm not like you know I, I'm a sour jellies kind of girl you know that kind of <laughs> I didn't know that was a kind me- of girl I'll, I'll have to add that to categories know, now kind of girl jellies and stuff like that right so like there'd be stuff there and i'd just be eating on i'm like oh yeah like ro- you know like roses and stuff on christmas you're just eating them for the sake of them because they're yeah, just there and, yeah and i wasn't even enjoying them but i'm like so i was like do you know what no i'm not gonna have like unless and as well like i kind of do that i i'm not gonna waste calories on something i don't know if i'm going to enjoy and some it might sound very restrictive or whatever but i'm kind of like i'm like I know I'll enjoy that snack bar. So why would I have a fucking bounty or something that someone's like, oh no, seriously, Lisa, no, try this. I bet you like it. And I'm like, no, I want, I want I'm saying what, what I know. Um, and even like a cheesecake, like say, if I'm going, like if I'm eating out and I say, right, if I made up my mind, I'm going to have a dessert. And I said, and I love cheesecake, right? But if the cheesecake isn't there and there's kind of a, mm, you know, a brownie that looks a bit it's okay kind of like, do you know what I'll just leave the dessert and that's kind of what I mean by just kind of choosing your choosing your thing as well like you know because we all have our preferences and you're kind of like look that isn't no matter how good that brownie is it's not gonna it's not gonna make me as happy as if that cheesecake was there either like yeah you're so better off I, I feel like save it as well for the like even like we were out to dinner last night now and I had really nice start a really nice main course and I had dessert in my head all day I was like I had had a shit week at work. It was a long one. And I was like, you know, I'm going to treat myself to dessert. But I looked at that menu and I said, none of this appeals. Like a slice of banana bread or a brownie from the cafe down the road with my coffee now this morning when I go for my walk is going to be 10 times better. So I I just said, no, feck it. Screw dessert. I'm going to get something good tomorrow. And it's just being able to say, you know, cut your losses. If you're not actually going to enjoy it, what's the point? Exactly. And like, we're all very different. We all have very different tastes everything like that different approaches and things but I think that that like you know it's just about again being more mindful because I had just hoovered up all those roses and whatever around me and all those calories would have built up again over time I'm going in every day I was picking up every morning I was having sweets every morning like um and then oh god there's one stage I bought this box or no I got this box of cookies for for my birthday someone bought and I was like oh fuck I was like lads please eat them please eat them because I'm gonna like I'm gonna every morning I was like oh and then I once I had one and we all have those foods as well that is very hard to say you're kind of like do you know what I'm not gonna have that for a while or I'm just gonna have that in the very you know you're probably better off cutting your losses and buying the dear version of the small thing so that you're not picking 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 like if if someone oh my god if I ever if some got me a big like I pay do you know I get my little pick my penny sweets like I'm very sad I'm like a child but I got my little do you know little bag of penny sweets like and that okay. that does fine but like if I was to get like you know I see those big boxes of all these sour sweets like oh I would go insane like I wouldn't like and that would be something I would be very like I'd be just testing myself for no reason when there isn't you know like why would you put yourself in that position and get that big like thing that you're going to be fighting with yourself and you know it's in the press all the time you're better off just you know going down to the shop just and getting the small thing yeah paying more and that can be your deterrent in a way as well like um but I think just things like that and you get you get more savvy as well when you realize your your pitfalls whether it be the office or maybe late at night you really start getting a hankering for something sweet or whatever it may be like we all have our things yeah definitely 100 percent. now um one thing I think I just I can't go a conversation with when I'm speaking with you is talking about your podcast so your podcast has been 
a great resource for me in the past few weeks, you know, especially post Corona, like first like lockdown phase. And I just went way downhill with my diet and a lot of the stuff you said in your podcast, I just found super beneficial. But one thing I'm curious about is, was that something you always envisioned doing for yourself or is it just kind of something that came about naturally? Cause like you're really someone very natural speaker, very calm, very collective thinking. And I feel like it's a great listen. But like, how long was it in the pipeline before you decided to actually bite the bullet and do it? So, yeah. So obviously, uh, 60 pounds in a year ago, I did not think I'd be doing a podcast. I didn't think I'd be interviewed by anyone on a podcast in terms of fat loss or anything like this. Um, so first of all, no, that wasn't the plan. Now, obviously, as I, as I started to share my journey more on Instagram and I started to have people coming to me asking me things. Um, you know, I'd start putting more effort into posts and things like that in terms of, you know, what I was saying and kind of more of a, and not just a, oh, look at me, this is cool, more of a, right, let me share some insight into this. But what, you know, I suppose it's more of my preference, like, so I was a politician for five years, so I'm used to speaking as such now, not necessarily about this, but just speaking in, and in general in conversing, I suppose. Yeah. And I preferred doing that than writing out a post now obviously I still have my posts and stuff like that but I much prefer the natural way of speaking so I was kind of like you know what I was like I want to get this information out there I think it would be a benefit to other people um in terms of all the different things and I'm like I actually I was thinking I was like no I still I'm like an episode I think 16 or 17 I was like I still haven't run out of ideas to talk about because there's so many different things and we can bring in different analogies and different things like that and there's always there's so much to this like it's so layered and um, I was like you know what I just feel like that the podcast would be a great way of um of I suppose getting the information out there so I, I said it to Paul maybe and he was like yeah you should do it do it so and I kept you know kind of yeah I will do it someday you know and I kind of do it and then he was like just do it just do it just set a date set a date now set a date now and I was like oh um oh god okay and it got very real for me and I was like oh god but like and then the fear of you know imposter syndrome sure like you're not you know what do you know really you know when you second guess yourself but I'm like I've been through the whole thing of course I know what I'm talking about and I can only speak from my own perspective and that's all I can give and everyone knows that that's what you know that that's what it is and um, but yeah so Paul was like set a date and I was like right I did and um, I went back to actually Brian Keane's business podcast and he had a really good episode on um, podcasting and stuff like that so I kind of got like the technological side, Paul, was no help at all. He's useless, isn't he? I remember the, the time I had Paul on my podcast, I got this massive voice message from Paul being like, I've had to delete my Spanish verbs app to download Zoom. And I was like, so? <laughs> he was losing my... I don't oh, think he really did. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. I sure God love him. He was getting oh, so stressed. So... His phone doesn't have enough memory. And I just said, why don't you invest in a better phone, Paul? And he's saying, no, no, I don't need it. I don't need it. Yeah, I don't know. He's a real minimalist. Uh, I love that about him. Um, but so it was actually, it was much easier than I thought, as you know, like to podcast and things like that. So I was kind of like, and very minimal price and things like that. So I was like, I, do you know no what? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And um, I kind of started um, around COVID and stuff like that. I kind of, I was like, do you know what? I have the time and things like that. And um, yeah. And I'm, it's going from strength to strength. So I'm, I love, I love the feedback I get. And you know, like, I, like I've had, I had someone from Sydney like telling me how much it had impacted their life. And I'm like, oh my god, like I'm just, I'm just Lisa from Glenroe. Like, you know, this is mad. <laughs> um, so it's, it's very cool, and it's amazing to be able to like. It's lovely to hear people get those light bulb moments and those click moments yeah. that I got along the way. And I'm still getting from day to day. Like there's still things and, and a lot of it, you know, unlearning as well. So not only learning things about yourself, but letting things go as well. Um, so it's, it's very, it's really empowering to have people, you know, get that from it and it's, it's really rewarding and I absolutely, I love it. I love it. That's uh, unreal. So, Yes. So, and I'm so glad you enjoyed it um, and you're getting something out of it. But yeah, so it's the Lisa Marie Sheehy podcast. It's on all the, 
all the platforms and um and then like i i share things on my instagram as well which is lisa marie Sheehy as well if you want to give it a listen guys shout out (laughs) thanks so much for coming on today now i I really do appreciate it and i think look everyone should definitely check out the podcast definitely check out your instagram and give it a follow i think especially for people who are on that kind of the same journey as ourselves you know it is massive to have people who are thinking similar to you even if it's on your social media feed and it'll make a huge difference just day to day seeing that other people are getting those wins alongside you exactly no 100 percent. and i think it's really important to kind of like we spend so much time in social media it's important that we have the right people on our screen like you know like Brian Keane says about you know your inner circle like your inner circle can be people you're watching as well on on um social media and things like that and those are you know Paul Brian like yourself a lot of other people that are on the same kind of journeys those are the people I love listening and watching to not necessarily celebrities and obviously I have my few whatever that I'm kind of like oh god you know what are they at um but I think like if if you're surrounding yourself with like all these beach babes that are like size whatever fucking zero going around like and you're like marbly obese and you're like just trying to get yourself going to to start like you know i start looking at your at your circle like that and your and your information that you're getting um because everyone has an opinion on weight loss every single person has an opinion on weight loss um and it's about listening to professionals the people that have done it um like you know, Jerry down the road who's marbly obese says, Oh yeah, but you shouldn't eat that potatoes are very bad for you. But Jerry hasn't Jerry hasn't done it. So why would you take advice from Jerry? Do you know that kind of a way? Um so yeah, definitely. And I think that's definitely a a, a tool to go to. Definitely. Well look, Lisa, thanks so much for the time today. I really appreciate it. Guys, check Lisa's <laughs> stuff out and thanks so much for listening once again.